Praise the Lord. That's a blessing. Amen. blessing. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Are we going to get a cake for it, Lee? I'll come and get a slice if you got one. Oh, I've been wanting I... a piece of cake forever. <laughs> you were going to cake. Huh? You know I have the ice cream. You know that. I know. you. Uh, Fredley has ice cream every evening. So it do. Thank you, Miss Brenda. Why don't you start us, Miss Brenda, with the word of prayer this morning? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless your name, O oh God, to this day, O oh God, a day that you've made, O oh God, a day that was not promised to us, God. But, Lord, we just thank you for your love today, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, that you look beyond our cross, O oh God, and saw every need, O oh God. And you are blessed, and you blessed according to your glory in Christ Jesus, O God. Lord, for that, Lord, we're grateful today, O God. Lord, we thank you, O God. We ask you, Lord, for forgiveness, O God, of our our iniquities, O God, our sins, Lord, our transgression and our trespasses, O God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to just forgive us, O God. Lord, we bless your name today, O God. Lord, cover us with your blood today, O God. Lord, wash us white as snow today, O God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, oh God, we submit our hands, oh God, and our feet to your face today, oh God. Lord, wash yes. us, oh God, white as snow, oh God, and use us today, oh God, to be an encouragement for somebody on today, oh God, to be you, yes. oh God, along the way, oh God. Lord, we just love you, Lord, we praise you. Lord, we love our families that are in bereavement, oh God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, just to comfort like only you have yes. you can, yes. oh God. Yes. Lord, your word says that you'll be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless, oh God. Today, oh God. Lord, we stand on your word today, oh God. We look up our sick and struggling today, oh God. Bless, oh God. We sit and heal, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we lift we this time up, oh God, of gathering around your word, oh God. Lord, feed us, oh God, to be serving today, oh God. Lord, move them out of self, oh God, and Lord, give them what you have for us to have today, oh God. Lord, let us chew on your word today, oh God, and let us apply it, oh God, to our everyday lives, oh God. Lord, we bless your name for everybody that's on the line, oh God. Lord, you see our needs, oh God. You hear our prayers, oh God. Spoken and unspoken, oh God. You hear our hearts tonight, oh God. Lord, bless, oh God, according to your will today, oh God. Have your way in our lives on today, oh God. Lord, you take control, oh God. Lord, we give you the rain today, oh God. Do with us, oh God, whatever you would have, you would do, oh God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we praise you, Lord, we love you, Lord, we lift those that are traveling, oh God, continue yes. to protect from this COVID virus, oh God, continue mm. to shield and guard them, oh God, mm. against any negative spirit, oh God, that may be trying to, uh, trying to attach to their bodies and their souls today, oh God, Lord, we yes. bless your name, oh God, Lord, we rebuke, we, we rebuke death and tragedy, oh God, Lord, we rebuke darkness right now, oh God, for your mighty namesake, oh God, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, to have the for your mighty namesake, oh God, bless his family today, oh God, continue to give them what they stand in need of, oh God, and Lord, if you do these things, oh God, forever, oh God, it's praise God and glory, oh God, in Jesus' mighty name we praise the gate, thank God, amen, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. Hey, Miss Sarah, are you able to hear us?
Sarah, that you've done something on your side, Ms. Sarah. We cannot hear you. Hold on. I'm just going to get Ms. Sarah one quick second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, um, this is a time for us to just like a praise God for what he has done. Um, I'm just going to open this time for, for us to just like give God the praise. Any praise items for this week? Amen. I just thank God for this day. I thank God for everything. I just thank God especially for um, how our kids to career program oh, has been out yes. and for yes. the attendance. Amen. I, I, I thank God for the parents that are coming on board, and I just thank God for just who he is, and if we put all things in God's hand, you know, in due time, we will see his glory, amen. I thank God that he makes all things beautiful in his time, his timing, because his time is not like our time. I just thank God for mm-hmm. just everything on today, for new life, amen, in Jesus' name. Thank amen. you, Lord. Thank you, Miss Brenda, every time you talk about, like, uh, you know, how you thank God for this day, um, it, it just reminds me of, like, what some says that uh, uh, we have to count the days that we live in. And so these days I have, like, a tracker that counts how many days that I've lived. And today is, like, mm-hmm. an 18,740th day. So I am oh, so thankful. <laughs> he has Amen. given me 18,740 days to live. Thank you, Hallelujah. Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I don't know whether Brother Terry is on the line. Um, uh, if not, he will uh, definitely soon be here. Um, he is out of his rehab, um, and okay, he is, uh, um, you know, went back to his home mm-hmm. yesterday, and I can see mm-hmm. the joy when 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 he writes like a you know he has that you know the smile actually come yeah. out in words. <laughs> um, so Amen. I, I'm so glad that isn't that the God that we serve is so powerful, mighty, and you know there is no way that we can even describe this God and what He can do in our life. Here is a man like a, a you know a couple of weeks ago he was a, you know. He had a stroke and he had like a, you know, in an emergency, uh, you know, 75% of his uh, one side wasn't functioning. And God just like a, did something amazing in this, this man's life because of the prayers of the saints. A couple of weeks ago, when we were here in that Sunday morning, 
We were actually praying for Terry, and I got a note the next day from his wife, Ruth, saying, you know, I have no idea what happened. Just around the time when the, the worship happened in our line, Terry started to feel better in his body. Oh, that's because like when we open our mouth in, in prayer, that's just like it goes into the throne room and just like a put it into that golden, golden bowl where he smells our prayers. Yes, hallelujah. Yeah. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. And um, I, I do know that many of you prayed for my friend, um, you know, uh, Carmen. Uh, his son was sentenced uh, with second degree murder. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to justify whatever Christian did, but it is really hard for a father to watch their son go through this. Yeah. Stand in that courtroom helpless, watching all the things that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, Carmen would trade his life for Christian. Yes. Yeah. You know, he would take this fall. But, you know, what he said on Friday night, everything that you all poured on him, he said, like, you know, how he felt comforted in the, in the presence on Friday night uh, with uh, everyone that was, uh, you know, pouring so much into his life. Yeah. I know the sentence of the, the hasn't come, like, until uh, uh, November 19th. But still, can you imagine this every day, every night, he's just going through this turmoil and what you guys did on that day. Such a blessing for him. Hallelujah. 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 Praise report. Um, Fred Lee's birthday will be Wednesday, and she will be 75, and my son Matthew will be 35. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we're going to drive by Fred Lee's house, so everybody from California to Texas, and <laughs> and she's not going to open the door, so <laughs> maybe y'all should not drive by. <laughs> no, I was even thinking to make this Sunday morning, like, a, you know, on Zoom call, so Tanya can wish her mom on the FaceTime. <laughs> oh, That's- praise the Lord. <laughs> it seems like that's the only way we're going to see one another. Yes. <laughs> you know, Fred, we did get on uh, Zoom when we did the Christmas. Yes, Christmas I did. Program. Yes, she did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a Amen. wonderful time, too. Amen. We were dressed, Amen. Up. We were dressed Amen. up. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. 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 Let's go into the word this morning. Father God, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning and asking for your grace and mercy to just follow us this day. God, it is such an awesome privilege to just to know you as our Savior. Father, we are so thankful for what you are doing in our life, Father God. We are so thankful for adding another another year into the spread leaves and mass life, Father God. You are, you are such a good God that you, you just take care of every single detail okay. of our life. Yes. 
Happy prayer this morning over everyone that is listening to this voice, Father God. This is the voice that you, Father God, have created. Father God, we pray that these voices will just like a go into the heart of everyone that's listening and put, the, Father God, a, a, a tint of like a encouragement, tint of like a, Father God, hope, and tint of like a assurance, Father God, that we are serving a mighty guy, and there is nothing that the enemy can do to just come even closer to us, Father God. The Bible says that you, you, Father God, have shut him down. Yes. You have shut the enemy from action. Father God, when you went to the cross, Father God, you never let the enemy a breathing room when you came out of that Yes, Lord. Father God, borrowed tomb. You never, Father God, gave, Father God, your, your, your presence is so, uh, you know, massive and present in our life, Father God. You never leave room for any distractions to come because the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now this morning I pray that no weapon Father God, that formed against our heart and mind will yeah, prosper. Yeah. No weapon formed against our children will prosper. No weapon yeah. formed against our marriages will prosper. No weapon formed against our heart will prosper, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Give us strength, Father God, as we go through this word, let your word become a fresh food for us this morning. Yes, God, we surrender to your mighty will, Father God, this morning. Yes. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. The conference Amen. has been muted. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, the, the thing is, like, uh, the last several weeks, we've been studying on the names of the Lord. And I just heard a preacher say this week that, these are not just the names of the Lord. These are the covenant names of the Lord. He, he has actually made a promise with the word. When we read about the word like a Jehovah Shama, or we read about Jehovah Nisi, when we read about Jehovah Rapha, when we read about like a Jehovah Shalom, the peace is a covenant God gave to you and me. When we call upon the, the Jehovah Rapha, the healing is, is, is a covenant. He just promised the healing for your life and my life. When we say Jehovah Jireh, he is the mighty provider. I do not know what it is that you need, but God says, I made a covenant with you to provide what you need in your life. That's why the name that we study, you know, helps us to understand the God better. But we can gain confidence as we exalt Him in our prayers. We know when we call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says the righteous will run into it. It is a strong power. His name alone 
is a strong tower. If we put the name of our Lord in the front, then there is absolutely nothing that can pierce through because he is our refuge. And also, studying this name of the Lord helps us to fellowship with him even better. You know, I, 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 there, there was this uh, a preacher once that said that the word God in the Bible, just the God in the Bible, when it was taken to the Hebrew translation, just the word G-O-D, actually was referred to places where it could have been replaced with 80 other names. So the thing is, English is not very a strong language compared to like the Hebrews or, or Greek or, or even like a, um, a Tamil. And all these languages have like just so many variations to the word. And so that's why when we start to study the word like this and the name like this, it just gives such a joy to just like a dive into it. Today, we're going to look at one more name of the Lord, Jehovah Rohi, Rohi, R-O-H-I, Jehovah Rohi. It means the Lord, I am the Lord, your shepherd. And and the word Rohi also, you know, means like attend to. He is the God who tends to our need. In fact, the word shepherd is used 500 times in the Bible. Today morning, my prayer is that when we go through this, I do not know which part of this message is going to minister to you, but I want you to sit back and just like relax and just enjoy, you know, this name because it's almost like when I was studying this word, it was like this sweetness that's just like a, you know, goes slowly into our mouth. And, how, and so I'm praying that you will just like enjoy the sweetness of this name in your life. The, 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 the biggest, I mean, there are so many places um, the, the, the name uh, shepherd is being used in the Old Testament and the shepherd being used in the New Testament as well. Jesus uses them. But the one place that is just like so strong uh, about the name shepherd is Psalm 23. We've actually done a huge study uh, on Psalm 23. So I'm going to touch on a few pieces on that psalm. But here is the number one point that I want to make. The shepherd that you and I have, his primary job is, is, is to, uh, to feed you both spiritually, mentally, and physically, but also another prime thing that a shepherd does is to restore our soul. He restores our soul. A lot of times when the enemy starts to attack our heart and we become very lean, when we hear a, a, a loss of a life, when we hear a medical report, when we hear a loss of a job, when we hear about our sons or daughters getting affected by something that we cannot do anything, you know, immediately our soul just like a shrink. But we serve a, a, a Jehovah Rogi, 
who actually expands our soul. He's just like a puts his strength back into our soul. He's restoring our soul. So, um, this Psalm 23 was written uh, by David after he has become the king. He has already done a lot of work, and now he is the king. Probably one day he just like took a walk from his uh, um, kingdom, and uh, he probably went outside. He, he just like took his king's coat down, and he put like a, the shepherd's cloak or something like that. He must have just walked out from his palace. And in a distance, he may have seen somebody, you know, tending their sheep. And when he's looking at it, all the things that he has come through in his life, uh, what he did, you know, when he stood up in front of Goliath, what he did when Saul was chasing him, what he did when those kings were coming after him, all those things must have flashed before his memory. And he's, he's thinking, oh, my God, I could have been destroyed by Goliath. I could have been killed by Saul. I could have lost all these battles if not for my God, my Jehovah Rohi, the Lord God is my shepherd. He showed up in my life. So he starts to look at his past and he's glorifying God in the psalm. And, 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 and the thing is that when he thinks about the Lord, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, the present tense. He wasn't a shepherd. Uh, he, he was. No, he, the, the word the was could have changed everything. If, if, if only God was God 10 years ago and not now, then we don't have a hope. It, it was like the God who was fixing all these miracles like a 10, 15 years ago and not now. And we are in trouble. And, and the thing is, the church is, is just like, you know, not realizing what a powerful statement this is. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, we are still talking about, like, uh, the miracles that happened in the days of Elijah and Elisha. We are still talking about the miracles that happened, you know, uh, in, the, in the days of, like, a Jesus, when he just, like, a brought the... the the, the people lame, uh, walk and the blind see and the sick raised. We, we're still talking about the, the uh, Azusa Street that happened in the early 1900s. But the God that we serve is the, 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 the fact that He is the Jehovah Rohi even today. We're going to look at something in Ezekiel today. That, that just like a turned my life on, like what God is after in your life and my life. We'll, we'll look at it in a minute. But here's the thing. He says, not only the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, he's talking about like a how it is personal. So here's what I did. So if you have your Bibles, turn over with me to Psalm 23. That's where we're going to start, and then we will travel through to Ezekiel, 
and then we will go to John chapter 10. Okay, those are the three passages if you're going to put like some sticky, those are the three places that we will go to today. Here, you know, why would we want the Lord as our shepherd, right? What does the shepherd do? The shepherd's job is like a very defined. He needs to take care of his sheep and that he needs to feed them. He needs to protect them. He needs to, uh, you know, take them to the water. It's like a set job that the shepherd has. But here's the problem. That the sheep that he's shepherding is, is just not strong enough animal. So let me give you a couple of reasons. And um, so the first one is this. We hear about dog trainers. Um, several of us have seen nowadays that dogs have like a hotel, dogs have like a spa, dogs have like a TV and all those things, right? Because the, the, there are people that are, you know, skilled enough to train the dogs. We also hear about the, the horse trainers, uh, especially the stallions and all. They have like a such, you know, uh, meticulous training materials that are out there to help the horse run faster and so on. Uh, and we also hear like a, that there are some people that are called lion tamers. They, they just like a tame the lions to roll over and jump over and they're constantly being used in places like circus and so on. But we don't hear the sheep trainers. You know why? Because sheep cannot be trained. They have to be led by the shepherd. There are so many, um, you know, examples of like how the sheep can get like lost very quickly uh, before they know they can they can just like a be wandering in different places and the shepherd has to bring them together. He has to lead them constantly. You and I, you know, have have all these things at our disposal. We have Bible, we have so many preachings, we have so many teachings, we have so many books that are available, but still and, you know, we go through and make mistakes. The mistakes that we made in the past, we make them again and again. And we make them in, in so many different forms. And the thing is that God is saying, like, I know my sheep. That's why he's referring you and me to that sheep. Because you and I have the same tendency like the sheep. Even though we have been like a trained by so many of these materials and the, the preachings and the Word of God, you know, we need the shepherd to lead us when we go through this journey. There is no way that we could learn all the things that we need to learn to live this life well unless our shepherd goes in the front. Another characteristic I, I learned about sheep is that sheep cannot clean themselves. In fact, the dogs can clean themselves, and, and the other animals, you know, can stand outside in the rain and clean themselves. But sheep is the only animal that cannot clean themselves. In fact, 
when they walk through the debris, the wool in their, in their skin, just like it grabs every debris that goes in, that they go through. And they cling on. The, the sweat clings on to themselves. The dirt clings on to themselves. Whatever they go through, they just like absorb in their body unless the shepherd cleans them, unless the shepherd washes them. The sheep can, cannot clean themselves out of their, you, you know, their dirt. And the thing is this, that applies to you and me every single day. We cannot be cleaning ourselves out of something. We tend to just like absorb so many things like these sheep. And we need a shepherd to clean us from inside out. And, and the other one is that uh, these sheep are directionless. If you take a cow and uh, let it lose in a distant place, the cow will find their home. If you take a dog and just like let them lose in the different places, they will go find their way to come back home. The cats, the same way. The different kinds of cats, they will go and find their way. In fact, if they are taking time to find their homes, they will even find some, you know, water to drink or, you know, food to eat, and, but then they will come home. But sheep are so directionless, unless the shepherd leads them, they won't be able to find their way. And that's why David, just like, a, you know, in this Psalm 23, when he says, the, you know, when he's talking about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says that, you know, I have no need to worry because my Savior is my shepherd. And he leads me. And, and, and the thing is this, this, this psalm uh, talks about like, uh, you know, so many different characteristics of the sheep and how the shepherd takes care of them. But here's the point that I want to make. Number one point about this. How detailed is God in your life and my life? In John chapter 10, verses 11 uh, through 16, Jesus is talking about it. Jesus is talking about how he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And the hireling, the one that is like a hired, like a, a servant that, uh, that takes care of the sheep, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is saying, 
I'm, I'm not only staying close to my shaykha, I will give my life for my shaykh for sure, but I also, you know, interested in bringing every straight sheep into my flock. And, and we can talk about the, all the bad qualities of the sheep. It's directionless, it's defenseless, it's this and it's that. But you know what? One characteristic of the sheep that we all need to have is this. And Jesus says this several times. He says, my sheep knows my voice. The sheep in the, in the, in the, uh, in the pen you can hear so many things, but the one thing the sheep can hear is their shepherd's voice. They can go all over the place, but when he says and he commands, he speaks to them, they all come together. And this morning, I'm here to challenge each and every one of us, including me, that are we listening to the master's voice? When he says, you know, stop doing this, or when he says, go do this, are we listening to the master's voice? Because if we are not listening to the master's voice, there are wolves that are out there that can take you and me down very easily. Unless we stay in the flock where our Savior leads, we are, we are thrown to get destroyed by this enemy. And the psalm goes on, the psalm 23 goes on to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And the thing is this, we have done this study before as well, so I'm going to quickly go through this. The, the thing is that the sheep will never lie down and sleep because they get like disturbed by even a small, simple sound that comes by when when a buzzing uh, it bees just like it comes by and, and immediately the sheep will stand up. If they are like a jumper, like a uh, by some kind of like a a small rabbit or something, they will immediately get up and stand up. And if the sheep is hungry. They will, not, they will not lie down in a green pasture. In fact, the Bible says they are lying down on a green pasture, meaning that these sheep eat that grass in that green pasture. But if it's lying down on the green pasture, that means the shepherd has fed them well. When was the last time you had a good night's sleep? If you haven't had a good night's sleep, something is tossing and turning you in the night. It is time for us to give the control back to the Savior because the Savior that we serve is Jehovah Rohi. It is his job to take care of what is going around us. We don't need to be scared by the bad news that Dr. Gaines or, or, or what others are saying about your life. We don't need to worry about the things that the world throws at us when we have Jehovah Rohi because he wants you and me to sleep well 
in the night, like in the green pastures. He wants us to cast all our burdens upon him. He wants us to leave all the things that are heavy in our hearts into his feet. In fact, Psalm chapter 4, verses 8, this is a great verse. If you are going to just like put it in your, um, in your fridge, this is a good one to put it. Because Psalm chapter 4, verses 8, this is what it says. This is about David saying, He will lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. There is a, the message version of that verse, you know, is even more powerful. It says, <clears throat> at the day's end, I'm ready for a sound sleep, for you, God, have put my life back together. There is one person who can put our life back together is our shepherd, the Jehovah Rogi. If something that is bothering you this morning, the God of this universe is saying, leave that under my care. I am Jehovah Rohi. I'll take care of your needs. I can put things back together in your life. And the thing is this, he says, he leads me beside the still water. If the sheep was like led to a running water, they fall down and they don't even know how to get out of it. We're living in a time where there are things that can wash away in a moment's notice and we won't know how to get out of it. I had a friend who came by last night uh, and um, by the time these guys left, it was like 11, 11 30. Uh, and, and the thing is this, this um, um, friend of mine was uh, um, perfectly in a fine condition till two years ago. And uh, one day when he was in his backyard, he slipped and fell just on a regular, like it wasn't like a slope. He wasn't coming down from a 10 feet tall building or a 10 story building. He was just like a slipped and fell down and he broke his leg. And the thing is this, uh, and after that, they, they just like took him in. Um, it wasn't just like a normal fall. He had like a multiple fracture. So they put like a, a plate and they screwed um, the, the, the plate to his bones. And they have like a 16 of those screws right now in the seat. This guy was just like a norm. Like he just like a fell on his backyard and broke his, uh, you know, leg. But here's the thing. Very recently, they took him to the doctor for a regular checkup. They wanted to see everything is healthy. They found that two out of the 14 screws are broken. These are titanium screws that's just broken inside. Something that went bad. And now they're going to go back in and just like, a, you know, unscrew his plate and, uh, you know, fix that one, screw, two screws that are broken when, when you have to deal with a broken screw, it's not as easy as just like unscrewing uh, uh, something that is uh, fully in a good condition. They have to go and take all the pieces of those broken 
screws from his bone. He was normal. Unless the God of this universe, the Lord, the Jehovah, no, he leads us by the still waters. You and I are, are so vulnerable to be washed by the running water. And that's why the shepherd, every single day, I don't know what goes on in your life, but there are things that you're, you know, you could have run into, the things that I could have run into, God protects us every single day. There are angels all around us. We saw, when we saw the Lord of hosts, the army of hosts, we saw how the angels were all around the mountain when Elisha told his servant Gehazi to look uh, he didn't see. He didn't see until that prophet prayed for his eyes to be open. There's so many angels all over us. That's what David is saying. Oh my God, if only I'm left alone by myself. If I am leading my path, then I don't have a, you know, a chance in this world. This morning, the Lord is reminding us through the psalm how grateful our hearts should be, how thankful our hearts should be when we see the things that could have happened was averted because we have a Savior who leads us beside the still waters. I'm so thankful for Miss Fred Lee's birthday. I'm so thankful for Matt's birthday. I'm so thankful for every one of us. This particular day, God has given. We need to live this day with passion. And God says, I have made every arrangement for you to, to have that passion for every single day, every single moment, because I'm leading you in the, in the ways where it only has a still waters in your life. It is my job to lead you besides the still waters, says Jehovah and, and in fact, you know, one more time in John chapter, when you get a chance, I'm going to recommend you to read John chapter 10. This whole chapter is talking about how Jesus is being a shepherd. He's being a doorkeeper. And he keeps saying the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Here's the next verse says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. We tend to, you know, very easily go away from the path that he is leading. Very easily we can get straight away by the news. Very easily we get scared by this virus like a COVID. Very easily we get like a really, you know, anxious 
when when the you know the election results go one way or the other. We get like so swayed by you know what the, the news says about like a, you know the ozone layer. Yesterday was the uh, you know the ozone layer day or something like that. Uh, these guys are just so worried about the hole in the ozone layer that causes everything to go back. The world cannot be destroyed unless my Savior says so. Nothing can be taken out unless my Savior says so. Right? But it is us who just like a wanders away in the fear. Uh, and, and I, uh, I love this song. I don't know whether you've heard this song. It's a very old hymn song that says, Come, the fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. This is a beautiful song. And in that song, later in the third stanza of the song, he's, he's, the, the writer is talking about, you know, how, um, the, uh, oh, grace, how, Great a debtor daily I consider to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and feel it. Feel it for thy courts about this. Every song that's written has a story behind it. Every song has something that just like affected the songwriter, and that's how they write. So here, this particular song, right, come the fount of every blessing, right? This is in the, in the Psalm hymn, 1987 song, right? But this song was written by a man named Robert Robinson in 1757. This man was 22 years old when he wrote that song. In fact, he had just given his life to the Lord, and he was just like going after revival, after revival, after revival. He was like a huge fan of John Wesley, and everything was going good. And the calling was good. The faith was strong when this song was written. But just like what he says in this song, right? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. It's almost like a prophecy that happened in Robert's life. He left the faith and he began to move away from God. He began to drink and uh, he began to wander. He was completely broken and lost and went his way for years and years. And then the story says that one day he was uh, getting on a carriage and uh, he was sharing uh, the carriage with a young woman. And they got to talk. This is like how when you go on a train or a bus, you sit next to somebody and you're starting to talk with that person. These two guys were talking, and this this girl 
that the lady that was sitting next to him, she didn't know who he was, and he didn't know who she was. And they began, as they began to talk, she talked about the love for the Lord and how her life got changed because of a song that she heard. And in that song, she says to him, Come the fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace, claims of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. She talks about the song so much on how it changed her life and how she gave her life to Christ. Right? And uh, as she was crying and saying about these things, uh, and uh, the, the, the tears were rolling through her eyes as she was saying, and uh, he looked at her in, a, in that moment of brokenness, and he said to her, I'm the one who wrote that song. And, and they started to, you know, connect that, um, in the carriage, and they were talking with each other, but here's the part that uh, he said. It's just so powerful. And I'm hoping that it will minister to you and minister to me this morning. He said, I would give thousand worlds if I have them to get to the moment that I had this song written. He was saying, I would give anything in my life to go to the place. You know that I just came from. This was the place that I had so much of joy in God's presence. I don't know what I did to just come out of it. And the young lady said to him with tears flowing in her eyes, just reminding the songwriter, streams of mercy never ceasing. She gave him the words that he wrote and said to him, you can never go away from his grace. There's, there's nothing that we can do to just like a walk away from his grace. That's where we find ourselves. We, we can never go away from the presence of Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. Why? Because he restores my soul from everything that takes me wandering away from him. This morning, my prayer is that God will just like a bring us back to the same place where he had us and we gave our life to Christ. This morning, God's just reminding you and me to go back to the place where you still had that song in your heart. If there is something that is bothering you this morning, God is saying, come back to the stream where it never ceases. I'm still the Lord, your shepherd. I'm still the God who takes care of you. I'm still the God who restores your soul. When we leave the fellowship of the believers like this, that's why I really love the Sunday morning services and Friday night services because it's just like it puts us in fellowship with each other. I really love when people are just like joyfully talking before the service we're just like enjoying the fellowship of each other. We're just like a feeding off of each other. We're just like helping and encouraging each other. There are days that, like, like the last Friday night when people are 
just like it's so down in their spirit. They show up on a call like a Friday night, and they get like encouraged as they walk away from here. The enemy can stand and watch how much ever he wants, but he can never take away the joy that's restored when we fellowship with each other. When we leave the presence of God, when we leave the church, when we start to wander away, our, sto- our soul starts to become lean, and we are squished at that point in time. And God says, I am the Jehovah Rohi. I can expand your soul back to its original size. That's the God. That's the Jehovah Rohi that you and I serve. I know this whole psalm is a beautiful song, and a psalm, uh, uh, you know, Someday we will just like go back into the psalm and do even more studies. We can do like a five, six weeks of studies on this psalm. But I want to move on to the second point. The shepherd came for his sheep. There was a period in the life of uh, um, Israel that uh, God is uh, is fed up and God is... uh, uh, fed up with the leadership of this nation. Actually, I read this uh, um, uh, uh, verse from Ezekiel chapter 34. And uh, when I read that um, verse in Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 15, it didn't make sense. I thought God was always God, and why would God just like have such an emotional statement he was making in this particular passage, he was speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, and he was saying to him, indeed, I myself will search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep. God was just making some emotional statements in Ezekiel 34. So I wanted to go and find out why was God very upset uh, uh, he wasn't upset with the people. He was upset with something. So I wanted to go and see what is the reason behind Ezekiel 34 that 11 through 15 says something about God is just upset, right? So here's what has, has been happening in this point in time. The people are the children of Israel. God's kids, God's children, you and me, right? God has given uh, his children, God has given you and me to be led by certain people, right? And uh, in those days, first we will look at Israel, and then we will look at our present day as well. So there are three kinds of people that God gave control, the power to lead his children. Number one, the prophets. In those days, prophets were trusted to lead the people with truth, word from God. Samuel heard from God and he made Saul the king. Samuel heard from God and he made David the king. And there are people, there are times that even the kings were making mistakes. And so Nathan the prophet shows up in front of David and he told him, you're messing up with what you did with Bathsheba. 
or Elijah in front of King Ahab, what was these prophets doing in those days were actually listening to God's word and bringing that truth into the lives of his people. That was the first set of people God trusted his people with. The second set of people that God trusted his people with were the priests. They were supposedly, they were trusted with the ministry of worship. Bring them into the presence of God. Prayers, lifting one another in God. They offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. They represent God and man. They took care of God's house. That's what the priests were supposed to do. So he entrusted his children with them. Then the third kind of people that God entrusted his people is, are the kings. So it's the prophets, it's the priests, and the kings. Right? He delegated the powers. God delegated the powers to defend his people. They were supposed to lead the nation with the righteous path. And so, during this time of Ezekiel chapter 34, there was something that was happening and it was upsetting God. This was a period in the life of Israel where they were abused by their kings. In fact, there were catalogs of abuse that were happening towards his people. This was a time that Solomon's, Solomon's days were, um, you know, uh, happening. And the, and the thing is this, we think of Solomon as a wise man and uh, the, the wisdom and everything, but the, towards the end of his life, Solomon wasn't easy person to live with. He had 700 wives. And he had like these lofty ideas of like what he wants to do, the, the luxurious life that he wanted to live. And in turn, he was forcing, burdening people with the taxes. He was forcing them to do labor beyond their measure. He was just like a crushing the people to get a good life that he wanted to live. He was abusing the children of Israel. And after Solomon died, his son Rehoboam becomes the king. And so the people went and complained about this forced labor and high taxes that were imposed by, by his late father and asked them to lighten the burden. So they thought like he's going to do something good for them. He said, give me three days. So let me go think about it. He comes back after three days and he told the people that he's left to lighten their burden, but instead he increased their burden. So the kings who were supposed to take care of the people were not doing the right thing for their children, for his children. Right? Then the second set of people to whom that he entrusted his children with are the prophets. And the prophets were supposed to say what God tells them to say, but instead they were getting strayed by the rich people and they were feeding the sheep 
with the junk food. They were, they were feeding the people with lies. They were poisoning their soul. The prophets were not doing what they were supposed to do. And in Ezekiel chapter 13, God actually speaks about it. Chapter 13, 1 to 3, the Lord says, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy and say to those who prophesy out of their own heart, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, O to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirits and have seen nothing. I hear even these days, there's so many prophets. Man, they come and say stuff on TV. It's just like, a, you know, uh, and poisons the minds of the people because of some political party like uh, Democrats and Republicans. It's just like, what got prophets to do with all these people? I don't really care about like somebody being a Democrat or a Republican, but how can prophets prophecy over something as political as Democrats and Republicans? It just makes me spew over these guys. And that's what God was going through. He was just like, oh my God, these guys are feeding junk food to my people. And then the third set of people that God trusted his people was the priests. And these priests have become so secularized that everything has become, you know, horizontal. And they don't even mention of God. And so in Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 26, God says, Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have, they have had nothing, or they have, had, they have not distinguished between the holy and unholy nor have they made known the difference between the clean and the unclean. They have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath so that I am profaned among them. How true is it of these days? There are preachers that I'm hearing from the pulpit never use the word God or the word of God in the whole message. It's almost like listening to some kind of like a self-help guru, kind of like a message that comes out from the pulpit. They're so secularized. Even these days, it is so true. Even now, that is happening across the nation of America. We have become so numb to the issues that are going around us. Proverbs 26, one of the states that we are there is in Houston, right? Houston is the number one city in the world for incarcerating people, right? Houston is such a large city. They have over 4,000 churches in that city. Can you imagine 4,000 churches? In fact, there are big churches that are out there. Some of these churches, I don't really want to put the priests and the pastors down right now, 
but their church budget is $80 million. One of those priests or the pastors, their church budget is $105 million a year. And you go listen to what they are preaching from the pulpit. You just like a, you know, really grinch and say, my goodness. And the thing is this, how much they endorse the unclean things from the pulpit. There, there is a church here in North Carolina. They're funded by, you know, the Red Bull. So everywhere in their church, they have Red Bull, the, the drink, because that drink has just sponsored them to have a church in a location that funded this church. And so they have this. I know this word that I'm saying is going to be recorded and stored online. But I'm telling you, this morning was absolutely disgusted with all these pastors and priests who are just selling themselves to these kind of like, a, you know, a vertical. They're not vertically focused. They're not going towards God. They're going towards the horizontal. Same thing was happening to the Israel, the children of Israel, terrible abuse of power by their kings, the, the dreadful aversion towards the truth by their prophets, and the neglection of the centrality of the living God from their priests. And this is when God says, I'm done with all this. I've seen all this. Because of this, my sheep are malnourished. And they're scattered among the lost, and they don't have any reverence for God or His temple. I'm done with this. Can you imagine God looking at America today? He's going to say the exact same thing looking at the prophets. He's going to say the same thing looking at the priests. He's going to say the same thing looking at the leaders that are sitting in our nation. And here's what God says. Now I'm going to read from Ezekiel chapter 34. It says, for thus says the Lord God. Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Can you imagine? This is what God is doing today. We may think of COVID is a bad thing, but God is using it to bring his children together. Nowadays, all of a sudden, the church services are starting to become more serious. The word of God becomes more alive in this moment in time, why God is done with all that fallacy that we have created in the church. In a cloudy and a dark day, God is bringing his children together. And he says in verse 13, I will bring them out from their people and gather them from their country and will bring them to their own land, I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, 
and all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pastures, and I will, and the fold shall be on the high mountain of Israel. There shall they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pastures on the mountains of Israel, and I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. When God sees the priests not behaving that way, when God sees the leaders behaving in the right way, when God sees the prophets not doing the right things, he's going to take over that. This particular verse where God says, I am the Jehovah Rohi, I'm their shepherd. I've given all these people all this control, but they have not taken care of my sheep. So I'm going to stop making my sheep follow my word. My sheep follow my voice. 600 years later, he fulfilled this promise with Jesus. He said, my son will be the prophet, my son will be the priest, and my son will be the king. He feeds the sheep. He will feed the sheep, and he will heal the sick, and he will restore my kingdom. That's why Jesus, when he began his journey, he talks about how he wanted to bring his sheep back together. He would go after the one when one is lost from the hundred. He talked about the Good Samaritan story where he is talking about the shepherd's heart is to come back to look at the sick. He, he, he went around then the whole nation. He was healing the people. He was restoring life. He was calling out on the people to become the, the fishers of men. He was gathering his flock and saying, I'm the good shepherd. And he was leading the nation of Israel back to his fold. That's why in, in John chapter 10, verses 22 to 30, he says to the people, now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was the winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hears my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. The sheep may not be the smartest animal in the world. And in fact, they may be directional lapse. They may not know 
you know, what's going to come or their body may come, you know, take all the debris that it wants. But when Jesus, who is the prophet, priest, and the king, shows up in your life and my life, the sheep will listen. In fact, in, in the later chapters, Peter talks about it. He says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. He's going to come back. The next time when God comes back as a shepherd, he's going to come back as a chief shepherd. Just as what it says on Psalm 24. Last time we read Psalm 23. In Psalm 24, it's talking about the chief shepherd. He lifts up your head. O you gates, be lifted up. Seven, verse 7 of chapter 24 of Psalm. It says, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Here's the thing this morning. You and I have this shepherd in our life. You don't need to worry about the prophets. We don't need to worry about the kings. We don't need to worry about the priests because we have one that plays all the three roles. And he says in Ezekiel chapter 34, I will, I myself, will search for my sheep and seek them out. Just as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and a dark day. This morning, this God is saying to you and me, Lie down in my green pastures. Lie down. And just, you know, he says, like, when I leave you by the still waters, when I give you the rest because you have trusted me, I will take care of your needs. In fact, in Psalm 23, it says, Yeah, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The part that God is saying is that the good shepherd carries both the rod and the staff. The rod is to chase the wolves out, and the staff is to bring the sheep back into the fold with his grace. When the sheep falls over, like when they roll over on the ground, they don't even know how to get back up. And that's why God just has to use his staff to just like a turn them back to stand up. I do not know what has caused you to just like a make your soul grinch. But God is saying, my staff is closer to you to turn everything back into where I want you. 
The Bible says, like, uh, I will restore the years the locust has chewed. God will restore the time. God will restore the period in their life that was chewed away by this locust. He's talking about the, not restoration. He's talking about restitution. God says, I will restore what is rightfully yours. And he says, he will prepare a table before the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. When God anoints our head with this oil, it is to calm down the heat of the, 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 the nation, the heat that is just like a scorching us. God says, I'm going to put some oil in your head to take the heat off. And that's what God's going to do to you and me this morning. As Jehovah Rohi, he's going to put the oil on our head this morning. And not only that, the oil, the aroma of oil, will keep the flies from bothering us in the night so you and I can get a good night's sleep. And the Bible says, my cup runs over. Every sheep, depending on their height, the shepherd makes a platform and just puts a bowl. And each bowl has a name attached to it. Every person in this line that God has created, every person in this world that God has created has a bowl written with a name on it. And he pours water. He's not a God who's going to just leave a cup. He's going to pour water. Not just he's going to pour water just so that we can drink. He's so generous in pouring that water that the, the bowl overflows. My cup overflows. That's the kind of a shepherd we serve this morning. And the Bible says, surely the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The one thing that God is asking out of all these things that he has said about Jehovah Rohi is this, you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we stay in the house with the Lord, no enemy has access to your life and my life. No enemy has access to your family. No enemy has access to your marriage. No enemy has access to your children. No enemy has access to your business. No enemy has access to the, the things that you and I touch because the Jehovah Rohi says, I got you in the palm of my hands. Praise the Lord. Today, we don't have Brother Wayne, so I'm going to turn it over to Miss Nara, the leader in communion. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives, and having accepted your death 
as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life, now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup, representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross, you are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As we take part in the communion this morning, just as the Jehovah Rohi, says in the words of Psalm 23, he will restore your soul. He will restore your heart. Mm. He will restore your marriage. He will restore the relationship with your children. Mm. He will restore the, the things that are businesses that we deal with. He will restore your finances. He will restore the tears that you have shed for so many days Mm -hmm. on the the wet pillow. He will restore the years, the locusts, children. As we take part this morning, the Bible says, you know, the night before he was crucified, he took bread and after blessing it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat this bread. This is my body, broken unto you. Let's take the bread. He took the cup, and when he had given things, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. As we take this strength, know this for sure, he's erasing everything. He's cleaning you and me out. We may have walked through the debris. We may have accumulated some stuff in our life. But as we take this cup and drink this, God says, I am going to clean you inside out. I am going to wash you with my blood today. With that assurance, let's take this drink. Amen. The conference has been unmuted.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. Yes, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us today. Father God, there are so many things that you spoke to us today. I pray, Father God, that we will remember them. Mm. You are the Jehovah Rohi. You are the Lord, my shepherd. Father God, help us to go through the cloudy and dark days with Mm -hmm. you on our side. Yeah, the valley. Father God, is scary for us. But we know you are there with us in the valleys. God, your rod and your staff, they mm-hmm. comfort us. They, they are, Father God, our source of energy this morning. Mm-hmm. God, I pray for everyone on this line, Father God. Take away the fear from our hearts. Take away, Father God, the things that are just like causing us to worry this morning. God, we want to go rest and lie down in that green pasture that you've created for us. God, let our hearts be led by you into that still water this week and the days and the years to come that we will never leave, Father God, your presence. Yes, Lord. Father God, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father God, we are so grateful for speaking to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Everybody have an awesome day. Yes. Thank God for it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Amen. Everybody be blessed. Yes. Amen. Have a great one. Thank you. Have a great week. Y'all have a great day. Bye-bye. Yes. Have a great week. Have a great week. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Have an amazing week.